0: Chapter 13, verses 1 to 13 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have no love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have a prophetic, prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so that as to remove mountains, but have no love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, And if I deliver deliver up my body to be burned, but have no love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not reject, it, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in, in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 to 7 says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is not different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the day set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, we were enslaved to to the elementary principles of the world, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. And lastly, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, and then 11 to 16. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one with another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And verse 11 to 16. and carried out about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds up itself in love. Now, the reason why I chose that, you know, to talk about maturing in Christ is because I think it's one of the topics, just like maybe forgiving and um, you know, the, the process of us becoming holy. It's something that needs to be, I think, taught, and we need to learn and put into practice, and it's a lifetime um, teaching, I think, because it's like growing up. You know, a child never stops, or a person never stops growing. But it's really interesting that um, God chooses this um, uh, narrative of of comparing us to children for us uh, to mature in Christ. I think, um, and I would like to invite you all, if you're able to attend Sunday Focus, come after church upstairs. Because it's a really good time to be equipped and to learn um, you know, how we can mature in Christ. And that's one of the things Pastor Rod has been doing in the past few weeks. Uh, I like what 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I did away with childish things. I think the way God compares um, our maturity as children it's, um, it's, it, it's for us to be able to see it in a different way. You know, I have a three-year-old, a seven-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old and an almost 13-year-old. And although here in the U.K., the, the four of them uh, are children, you know, until you turned 18, you're still the child. But I don't expect my 13-year-old to behave in the same way that my three-year-old behaves. Because although both of them are are, are children, they have different levels of maturity. I expect different things. I don't expect Zoe, the three-year-old, to maybe do her bed yet. Or sometimes not even picking up her toys. It's a struggle, so I have to do it with her. But she's learning. Whereas if I know I give an instruction to Elizabeth to maybe even... She sometimes even makes me breakfast, which is very, very nice of her. You know, I can expect that from her. It's not that she has to, but, you know, it's nice sometimes when she does it. But I can not expect that from my three-year-old because she would burn herself. She doesn't know how to use the cooker. You know, it's, it would be a mess. And I think it's the same way with us. And I, I really um, think, you know, when we have children, you know, sometimes the, the most helpful thing a child says to another child is, you're not my best friend. And that breaks the other child's heart. That is the worst thing. But you know, as as an adult, if, if my child says to me, you know, Oh, you don't love me, I understand that, you know, it's angry, that you know it needs to mature. I don't take that by, to heart. I don't lay lay down in bed all night thinking, Oh, my, my three year old has said that she doesn't love me. What am I going to do? Because I know she's immature. She's trying to hurt me, and that's the best way she can do it. Or if she says to me, you're not my best friend, she's trying to hurt me because she's upset. And as a mature adult, I understand that I need to teach her how to resolve these issues. So, you know, when we understand that we all in here have different levels of maturity, it doesn't make maybe the more mature more um better than the the less immature it's just that we're all at different levels because god knows that we all grow at different levels and that's okay the most important thing is that god says that uh, for us to mature it's for the body of christ to be together united in love and that is what it is when we understand and i don't look uh, bad to my brother or sister because i i think they're immature. Remember, that is my perspective. It may be that they're actually more mature than I am, but in my mind, I might think that they're more immature, and I think, uh, you know, sometimes we, we tend to judge, and that, that's something that God doesn't want us to do. When, so I'd like us to maybe give you the, the definition of what maturity is. So maturity, and it's very simple, maturity means developing a Christ-like character and conduct. That's what maturity is all about for us as Christians, not as adults, but for Christians. Maturity means to develop, to behave in a Christ-like attitude. Now, what was Christ like? He was a loving person. He was a humble person. All the good qualities that you can think about, he had them. Um, and, And those are the things that sometimes we need to learn to control. We need to control sometimes our tongue. Sometimes we could be easy, easy, some people can easily hurt others with their tongue. And, and, and maybe you have a gift there, not hurting people, but the gift is that you know how to respond quickly with, your, with the words that come out of your mouth. That might be a great gift. What you need to do is to develop it and say, God, I want to speak wisdom. When I talk, may my, the words that come out of my mouth be words of wisdom, words to edify, words to lift up rather than... It's happened to me, I don't know if it's happened to you, but sometimes when I've said something without really thinking properly, I felt like I said those words, and as soon as they came out of my mouth, they were like arrows to hurt, and I wish I could hold them back, but they have already gone. And, you know, sometimes we make mistakes, and that's okay, God knows that we make mistakes, but maybe... Let those mistakes not be something that becomes a constant in your life. That every time you speak, it's arrows always coming out. But, you know, maybe once, okay, the second time again, maybe. But the third and fourth and fifth time, I'm more careful. Maybe I'd rather, maybe give myself five minutes before I answer. Or if someone wants an answer straight away, maybe say to them, you know what, can I get back to you tomorrow? <laughs> So I don't, you know, I don't feel like I'm hurting that person. So let's just look at three things about uh, maturity in Christ. Number one, we must mature so we can fully inherit God's promises. Now remember, God has special promises, and, and the Bible tells us in Galatians 4 verse 1 to 3 that the heir, as long as he is a child, he's not different from a slave. Though he is owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the day set by his father. In the same way also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. So when you um, are immature in Christ, although everything belongs to us, God wants us, all of us to live in the fullness of Christ. Jesus said that we will do even greater works. Now, Jesus resurrected Lazarus. So if we are to do greater works than Jesus did, and Jesus fed thousands, now if we are to do greater things than Jesus did, then we are expected to not resurrect one Lazarus, but maybe, I don't know, hundreds or, or te- tens of, of, of death, you know? But I don't, I have, we haven't gone into the fullness because I think maybe we still lack to understand that, you know, what if God today, after we leave this place, We understand our inheritance. We understand what belongs to us, but yet we still behave like children. So you go out of this place and, I don't know, you see a funeral procession and then you remember Jesus said that I can do greater things. And You pray and that person resurrects and then you get all the glory. Oh, it's because of who I am, because of what I did. It's because I prayed this morning. That is immaturity because it's not of what because of who I am it's because of who works through me and I have to give all the glory to him let us not be like uh, you know when Jesus came into Jerusalem on the triumphant day there was a donkey that uh, that he wrote on and um, I, I remember someone said this the donkey don't be like the donkey who thought that everybody was shouting for him the donkey didn't realize that they were all shouting for the one who was riding on top of him so let us not be like like that. Let us remember that when something great God uses us, not, it's not because of us. Although obviously you did something you know, you, you have put your life right to do everything good but it was because of him. So it, that's important. That's why we need not just to understand the, the promises or the inheritance that we have but we need to mature in that. We need to be humble and willing to learn from others. You know, if we If we all had the mentality, there are some things that we need to grow. Like, you know, uh, Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I behaved like a child. Those things we need to grow up. But there's something special about children. You know, children get angry very easily, but they also forgive very easily. You know, they can be upset because, you know, obviously they don't want to share toys. So they can be fighting over the same toy and be angry, but then maybe after a few minutes they're back together again, playing again and you know, they just really easy so in that sense we need to always be like a child, not to be hurt, not to feel anger, not to leave resentment in our hearts. But we also le- need to have the attitude of humble attitude to learn. You know, and when we learn because we need to learn because You know, sometimes we need to learn how to have self-control. We need to learn how to um, control our anger, you know. And, uh, you know, as parents, with with my kids, sometimes they don't know how to react when they're angry. So they can either shout or throw things. Um, So it's my responsibility to, to teach them. But it's our responsibility as the body of Christ to teach each other and also to learn from one another, you know? We need to learn from one another. Because, for example, a few weeks ago, I, I, I don't know, we, we've moved as a family, we've moved to this side of, of the church. I don't know if you noticed. We were sitting on the, on the middle road. And I, when I first came to City Temple, I sat there because I thought, this has got more space for the kids to maybe play around in here and to listen better. That was my thought. So we were there for a long time. And then I was having a conversation with Sylvia a few weeks ago, and she said to me, "Um, you know what, when my kids were little, I used to sit on the front row, and I noticed when they were sitting at the front row, they pay more attention, it was better for them. And I thought, I don't think I will do that, Sylvia. My kids will be very loud if I sit at the front with them. They're already loud enough in the middle. Sitting at the front is going to be terrible. But then I thought, I'm just going to give it a go. Because, you know, she's got three and two are really good, you know, here in the world. So I'm thinking, you know, she she knows what she's talking about. So I did try it and have you heard them? You've not heard them at all. So, you know, we need to learn from each other. These are these are really good things that sometimes God can speak to us in different ways. But when we, and that's how we mature, and my kids are maturing because of that. Maturity is, is thank God, it's nothing to do with age, nothing to do with gender, nothing to do with ethnicity, nothing to do with anything. It's just something to do with something spiritual that God wants us to really grow into. Um, I like what Ephesians 4 verse um, 15 says, rather speaking the truth in law, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Remember, maturity is having Christ-like attitudes, having a Christ-like way of behavior. That's what maturity is all about. Notice when we talk about love, you know, I read in 1 Corinthians, that word love, it's not like something you know I, I, you know I might say oh I really love your top that doesn't mean that I'm going to give my life for that top that what I was actually trying to say I really like your top but this word love here is actually the word is that a word of being unselfish of giving up something for the other person of really wanting the best for the other person and and it's when we understand that then we really understand what true love is uh, when we are uh, concerned more for the other person, and we, are wi- uh, we have a willingness to seek the best for the other person. And, and this word love is so important in our context because God created us to live in community. You know, none of us feels happy on our own. Maybe sometimes we need sometimes on our own, yes, but we're not created to live like that for the rest of our lives. Did you ever see that film with Tom Hanks? Um, cast away. Cast away, do you remember? And he was, I think it was a a real life story. And at the end, he he found a best friend in Wilson, the the basketball ball, (laughs) because he needed to speak to someone (laughs) and he would get angry and upset with Wilson. And it was a ball. It's because we, we were created to live in community. And when we live in community, it's never easy. It's never easy because everybody else has been made different. And everybody else has their ways of doing things, and they do things the way that shouldn't be done, you know, according to me, and it'll be the same thing to you. And that's when we begin to have these frictions and have these issues with other people because they're not doing things the proper way, according to us. But when we're humble, when we really love, then I understand, okay, I am going to, like Jesus did, put his life for the rest of or for the well-being of the rest. You know, we sometimes need to die to certain things, and sometimes being right. Sometimes we even need to die to being right in order you know, to keep the peace or the love for others because we, we want to be really uh, that our lives, that our behavior shows a Christ-like attitude. That doesn't mean that people will take advantage of you. No, it's not to that extreme. But it is that you know that you're doing the right thing according to God. Number two, maturing in Christ, it's understanding understanding our calling. To live up to your calling. Now, all of us, all of us, even the little children, we have all been called to do something amazing. And Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 to 3 says this, So I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Now, I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible because I really enjoy this text on that. It says, that is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. And then it says, with all humility. And humility means forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, which means maintaining self-control. With patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace, which means each individual working together to make the whole successful. You know, that is what God wants us. He wants us to live up to our calling. God has called us to do something great. And sometimes, you know, if, if any of us, to understand this point, if any of us had been born into the royal family and you are at the heir to the throne, the school that you went to, the things that you were taught, how to talk, the protocols you had to follow would have been taught because you, had, you have a special destiny. Now, I'm here to tell you that you have been born into a royal family. You are part of a royal priesthood. And although it might not seem, because all of us have come from different backgrounds, God has been preparing you for what's coming to you. But you can say, oh no, but how can my background and the way, you know, I grew up in a very tough home, how can that be preparation? God prepared you because he knew you could do, you could succeed in that, even in, when the enemy tried to kill you and destroy you and hurt you, even in that midst, God's grace was in your life. And he's been preparing you for something great. And sometimes, sometimes the enemy uses our bad patches, you know, the bad times that we experience to bring discouragement, to, to make us maybe look as if there is no hope, there is no future, there is no destiny. This is it and this is the worst and I can't go ahead anymore. And, you know, uh, a while ago I was feeling like that. I remember I was feeling like, you know, I think my best days are behind me. I I don't know what can happen after this. And sometimes when we feel uh, discouraged, because I think we all feel discouraged at some point. You know, when when you feel discouraged, sometimes you feel as if uh, there is no hope. You know, there is no point of going on. And you feel like, you know, this is it. I can't go ahead anymore. And when I was feeling like that, I was feeling so down. God began to speak to me through his word. That's the way He speaks to me, through His Word. And He began to remind me of who I am. So when I was singing the song today, for me it was like a confirmation of, of what God had been telling me. You know, God was reminding me of who I am. Who I am, not because of what I've done, but who I am because of what He's done for me. And that brought something changing my heart. And the dreams that I had, that I thought were dead, All of a sudden began again to, to, it's like a resurrection happened. Because I was beginning to think, you know, maybe dream of small things, just little things, not big things. And then God said to me, no, when I speak, I always speak of great things. I always speak of big things. I'm not a God of little things. I'm a God of great things. And that began to kind of wake me up and think, God. You really do want something greater for my life again. Not maybe, sometimes, you know, we get discouraged because we don't see what God promises that we will see. But when we just believe in faith, something really changes. So, God has made us the head, not the tail. God will supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And in all circumstances, we will live by faith in God. We can do whatever we need to do in life through Christ who will give us strength. You know, we need strength sometimes. You know, we are God's, this is an amazing one, a declaration. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ to do works that he has prepared for us to do. Workmanship is the best. You are the best. You are the best. When God made you, he made the best. And he broke that mold and created someone else. So each one of us are not copies from anybody else. And when we understand the way God made us, then you don't have to live a life of always wanting to be like somebody else, because you're not that somebody else. You are you. and in the way God made you, the unique way that you are is the perfect way. God. Want us to dream again in big things. Now, I want you maybe to take a few seconds and remember, what are the dreams that God has given you in the past? Sometimes when we're young, when we are young, I mean mentally even, you know, uh, we, 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 we know we can take the whole world. We, you know, we, we, we feel like, you know, we can conquer anything. And obviously as the years go by with experience, and with things that we see, we realize, you know, maybe it's not that easy. And so we kind of tend to maybe calm down in a way. But I think God wants the strength of the youth and the wisdom of, of, of the mature so that we can do things together. Because the, the, the strength of the youth sometimes does things without even thinking. And the mature knows the consequences and and has more wisdom. So I think combining these two together, we will do greater things. And so what, what were the dreams that you had that maybe you put them away aside and thought, I don't think God really wants to do this in my life. Because I think God wants you to dream again. You know, we can feel City Temple because it's been done in the past. Not because of what you do, not because of something that... But let's, let's begin to believe again. And you know, one of the things that really uh, impacted me when I began to join City Temple was the way that you prayed for revival. You are waiting, expecting the outpouring at any moment. It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. You are like, there is the expectation that this is going to happen. It's happening. I don't know when, but it's happening. So we are expecting at any moment... And that is something so commendable. And now I think really God is, I think, lifting us up and and, and doing something inside of us. I, I don't know if you can experience it, but he really wants to bring something new because he's making us dream again because we understand that that's the promise that he wants us to inherit because we are mature, because we are growing up. And the last one, number three, maturing in Christ is the journey of a lifetime, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 16 says, Know that I have already attained this, or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own, brothers. I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forwards to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, those of us who are mature, think this way. And if if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Remember, maturity in Christ means a Christ-like character and conduct. So God wants us, to to understand that this is a a journey of a lifetime. This is not, it would be great that maturity happens in a prayer or in a retreat, on a weekend retreat, or even a week retreat. You know, I think we all will go for a week retreat and be mature. But it doesn't happen like that. That's not the way it works. It takes time. It, It takes sometimes me failing and me trying again. And I remember actually one of the teachings that Pastor Rod has been teaching us in the past few weeks, he said, we will all have to take tests in our Christian life. We will all, that's, I don't know if that's a good news or bad news, but we will all have to take tests. But then he said, the good news is that you can never fail the test. You just have to take it again. And it's true. It's true because, you know, remember I told you last time when I preached the, my, um, my, my issue on, on Tesco with the Teal Lady, I, I haven't failed that test. I passed, so I haven't had to experience it again. So, you know, that's, a, that's maybe the good news that, you know, you will have to take the test over and over so you never fail until you pass. But uh, you have to pass. But, you know, and, but there's other things always in our lives that we always need to learn to grow and mature. One of, I, I think one of the hardest things in, in, in humans is sometimes selfishness. Selfishness is a hard thing. You know, sometimes we, we uh, even feel envy with other people. And it's a horrible, it's a horrible feeling. And, and I'm not um, judging anyone because I experienced it myself. I'm just sharing my experience. Because it's not nice when you feel um, jealous or, or when you feel this uh, in your heart that you know is wrong and you, you want to rejoice with the person. But in your heart, you don't feel that you like you want it, and that you don't want it in your heart. It's, it's a struggle. But when we come to Christ and we put that burden before Him and we say, "Lord, please take it away," because the, I, I I acknowledge this is wrong, this is not right. I shouldn't I shouldn't allow this in my heart. And Lord, please cleanse me. And He does something. It may be a process, but He does something in our lives. So when we recognize that we're not mature, but w- that we need to grow into maturity. That's the first steps. You know, that's the first thing. You need to grow in love. Grow in love. Because our father is a generous father. Our father is a loving father. So if my father is generous, so I'm generous. If my father is all love, then I have to demonstrate love. If my father has forgiven me, then I also have to forgive those who hurt me. Although it's hard, you know, um, when, when the Bible says, do not let the sun go down in your anger, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't, that there is a sin if you get angry. Because anger is an emotion. You know, we will all feel something. You know, remember when I was telling you how I, I was feeling maybe a failure? It was a feeling. That wasn't who I was. That is not who I am. I'm not a failure. I was feeling, and I could feel depressed, and I could feel a failure. That's just a feeling. You have to remember. Feelings come and go. I could feel happy today, but feelings come and go. Who I am, the joy that I receive through the Lord, it's different. That is something that makes me who I am. So, you know, these things come and go. Feelings come and go. But when we understand, if my father is generous, So I'm generous. If my father is loving, then I I should show love. If my father forgives me, then I need to forgive, even though it's hard. And even though sometimes I don't feel like I want to forgive, but I will forgive because every time I forgive or every time I do something that shows the characteristics of my father, God changes something around me. And the, the one thing that's very important in this path of growing and maturing, you have to persevere. Don't give up. Don't give up even if you fail three, four, five, six times, even 10 times. You know, people sometimes uh, take their driving test and sometimes they fail three times and then they don't want to take the test again. They say, no, 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 I've done three failures, I I don't want to take it. You have to persevere until you pass, even if it's on the 11th or the 12th, you have to do it because you need to drive the car. Now, how more important it is for us to mature, So even if we fail, it doesn't matter. And I fail again, it doesn't matter. I need to mature. So I'm going to take that test as many times as I need to because that is part of my calling. That is part of my inheritance. I need to understand and I need to walk like Christ walked. I need to behave like Christ behaves. And sometimes, Lord, I know I do wrong things. I say the wrong thing or I might talk the wrong thing. But, Lord, help me. I'm going to keep on taking the test. When, when we feel discouraged, when we feel like we can't go on, when we feel, you know, God, this is it. Something that is, you know, God is good. God is good in the good times, God is good in the bad times, but God never changes, God is always good. God will always speak to us through someone. There was a friend of mine who was going through a really hard time, uh, financially, in, in, in their job, in, the, in their situation here in the country, and they were feeling really, really discouraged. They were feeling... Because, you know, one thing is to go through something, you know, for a few months, but when the same situation is happening year after year after year after year, after a few years, you think, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And you feel... he was. They were feeling completely discouraged. So discouraged. These are faithful... You know, it's a faithful couple, a faith, you know, they, they really love the Lord, but they were feeling like they couldn't go on anymore. So on a season in their life when they were feeling really, really down, they didn't even want to go to church. And um, actually for a few weeks they, they didn't. But then they realized uh, one, of, one of their children began to, tell, the days that they didn't want to go to church, they say, are we going to church today, the, the, the children? And the parents said, no, we're not going to church. And and the parents said to me, I didn't want to lie to them and tell them I feel so low and so discouraged that I don't want to go to church. So I would say to to my my child, "Um, yeah, I'm not feeling so well today, so I don't know if we're going. So the first week, they didn't. But then after that, every time they didn't want to go to church, the daughter said, we have to go to church. We have to go to church. And she was adamant that they had to go to church. And he said, at that moment, it was as if God was talking to me through my daughter and saying, look, look at her desire to come to my house. Even though you don't feel like coming to the church, your daughter wants to come to church. Don't kind of squish that, that desire. Take her with you. And they began to do it. And all of a sudden, God began to do something again. They were just burnt out. They were just really tired of the situation. And actually, when you're feeling like that, that's the most important time for you. That's a key time to be in community, for, for us to encourage you, to let someone else know, you know what, I need prayer because I'm really feeling like I can't go on, you know, because we are one family. We look after each other. And, uh, and this reminds me, and this is my last a point that I will share with you. When we feel discouraged, when we feel that we can't go on, maybe because the situation, maybe because you feel, God, I'm so immature, you know, and I've tried and I've tried and I'm still immature, you know, and, and the psalmist says, uh, I lift up my eyes to the heaven. Where will my help come from? <laughs> because my help comes from the Lord. Sometimes we need to lift up our eyes to heaven. And wait on him. He always has the answer for us. He always has a word of encouragement. You know, he always would use anyone or anything to bless us. And I I just remember um, there was this old lady who was going through a really hard time. No food, nothing in her house. So she was praying, God, send someone to bring me food to my house. And then... A Satanist that knew that she was a Christian said, this woman is praying to God and she's asking God to help her and no one is going to help her. I'm going to buy her loads of food. And when I deliver that you know, uh, basket of fruit to her house, I would say, lucas who's brought you the basket of fruit. Me, a Satanist. This is from Satan. And so he comes with a basket of fruits and delivers to the lady And uh, the lady said, oh, thank you so much. And he says, don't you want to know who sent you this food? And the lady said, no, no, it's okay. When God wants to bless us, he even will use Satan himself. (laughs) (laughs) So my point is, God can use anyone or anything to encourage us. Even the ungodly, even the unjust. How much more will he use his word to lift us up, to encourage us, Because he wants us to fulfill the inheritance, the promises that he has for us. You know, Psalm 121 says, I lift up my my eyes to the hill. Where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. So congregation, church, why don't we pray today? Why don't we ask the Lord today? Because maybe we were feeling discouraged or maybe you weren't. That's good. That's great. But remember when the time of discouragement comes, God will, will speak to someone, through something. It could be someone or something, but he will speak to you to strengthen you. So there you are, just close your eyes and let us um, meditate on this word and let us pray together. Heavenly Father... We thank you that we can call you Father because you have made us your children. We are your sons and daughters. We are part of a royal priesthood. We are part of a chosen generation, Lord. And Father, personally, sometimes I used to think, why, I would have loved to have been alive when Jesus was here on earth. But I realized, Lord, that that was not your purpose. You wanted me to be alive in this time and in this season of, of the age, Lord. And it's the same thing with each one of the ones that are present in this place today, Lord. You have called us to Your from darkness into your precious light. Lord, our lives without you would have been a mess. And although we face difficulties, and although we, we face difficulties, face trials sometimes, and I think for many of us, you know, money issues is, is sometimes always a hard one, Lord. Yet, Lord, you are always bringing bringing provision. You are always giving us. You are always showing us your love and your grace, Lord. And I pray, Father, may Your Spirit and Your grace and Your Holy Spirit be filling every heart today. Take away any discouragement, Lord. That feeling of depression take it away Lord give us your hope give us your your encouragement Lord fill us with your presence Holy Spirit give us the joy of the Lord that strengthened us and makes us grow and makes us mature Lord father I pray right now we pray for City Temple Lord and we thank you father that this church will begin to grow in numbers as we are growing in maturity Lord Father, I ask you that to speak into every part of your body in this place, Lord, because we are all your body, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for Pastor Roden's life. I pray, Father, that you will strengthen him and encourage him and make him dream big again, Lord. We bless him. We bless him because his birthday was on Friday, Lord. And we thank you for giving him one more year, Lord. We ask you, Father, that you will open the heavens on his life, Lord, and that the prayers that he makes will be fulfilled, Lord. That the prayers, the the, the petitions that he's made for the church, Lord. That you will um, send what we need, Father. You are the owner of gold and 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 the money belongs to you, Lord. So we we cry out to you as your children, Father. Bring the provision that the church needs, Lord. The way you want to bring them, Father. Sometimes, Lord, it's It would be easy if you would just tell us plain and straight how you want to do it, Lord. But because you make us grow through these things, Lord, we pray that you will show us how to do it, Father. I thank you, Lord, because you are bringing a great harvest, Lord. You tell us, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, the white, ready for harvest. And Father, I ask you to equip each one of us and give us the strength, Lord, to be part of the laborers, Lord, that we will fill this place. We will bring people from the north, the south, the east, and the west, that people who have a calling, who, who want to Sure, the message, Father, will come. Lord, I thank you. And I pray, Father, that uh, you will keep on helping us to mature in you, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Father, for all that you do in our lives. We love you. Can you just lift up, lift up your hands for a minute and say, Father, thank you that you have made me your son or daughter, that you have chosen me, that nothing from my past will hold me back from my future, that I have a destiny, that I have a hope and a future. Father, I love you. I love you. I love you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. Holy Spirit, fill every heart and fill every home. Father, we pray for those in our families who don't know you yet. We ask you, Lord, that today, Father, as we get closer to you, they will feel or begin to have this sense of your presence in their life. Holy Spirit, bring conviction in their hearts. May you change their lives, that like you have changed us. May we be an example to them, Lord. And forgive us, Father, when we have maybe spoken words of discouragement, Lord. We ask you, Father, to fill us because we are your children. And we give you all glory and we give you all praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and naming, Let's give a mighty applause to the Lord.